looked at the, uh, the difficulties that, may have had, that they may have had accepting all of that. We looked at the peace that came to them when they finally did accept the good news and accept that and do what God called them to do. Uh, and this week, we are skipping ahead. A few years ago, I did a chronological advent. I tried to start at the beginning. And I tried to start at, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. I'm not doing a chronological advent this year. We're skipping some stuff. And so if you'll forgive me, and even if you won't, um, we are going to go on to the announcement to the shepherds, which means that we're skipping for now. Don't worry, we'll come back to it, the birth of Jesus Christ. So if you have your Bible, open your Bible to Luke chapter 2. And we'll read verses 8 through 20 uh, for the text this morning. If you have your Bible, open please and stand as we read. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. The angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was, when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at the things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you again for the truth of your word. I thank you that that when you put all of this down, when you had your prophets and your apostles and others write your word, God, I thank you that you gave them the words to write, that you spoke absolute, complete truth, and that we can trust what is said here in the scriptures. Father, I thank you and I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now there were shepherds. Isn't that interesting? There were shepherds in the same country. Now, what we've got to see is that word, same country, is talking about where the baby was born, where Jesus was born, somewhere around, around Bethlehem, where Jesus was born. Somewhere around there, outside of the city, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Now let's talk about shepherds. Shepherds were, um, well, they were not very well trusted. And probably some of the reason they were not very well trusted is because some of them were probably not very trustworthy. Uh, I mean, they were, uh, they were considered low on the totem pole. They were considered um, unimportant. They were dishonest. They were unclean according to the standards of the law. I mean, you think about it. How many of you would want to take care of sheep every day? Okay. I mean, it's okay if you can take care of your sheep in the sheep pen and they're safe at night and you go back inside and sleep inside and stay warm and stay cool and you're able to get your bath or shower or whatever afterwards. But that probably wasn't the case. They were not just unclean and smelly. They were considered unclean according to the rules of the law. They were unable to go to the temple and to offer sacrifice. It's interesting to me that, that even though they were the ones raising the sheep that would be given as sacrifices, 
they were still unable because they were considered unclean to go to the temple and offer those sacrifices themselves. Um, shepherds. Shepherds. And, and it was interesting uh, and probably even unbelievable to many. I mean, we read what happened, um, and the people who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Okay, so if I'm going to listen to somebody, and I'm, I'm going to marvel at it, I'm going to, really? God told you this? God showed you this? So they were just amazed at not only what the shepherds told them, but they were amazed that it would possibly be shown first to the shepherds. Because the shepherds were not people that were seen as important in, um, in that society. Um, they were out in their fields. Okay? They were keeping watch over their shepherds, over their sheep. Um, and, and I can imagine... Because on warm nights, when the bugs aren't flying too much and you're not getting bitten by the mosquitoes, I like to sit out on the porch or in the yard and look at the stars. I like to, uh, to find out where the planets are and just look at what's going on out in space. Now, there is so much there that we don't know, that we don't understand, but I kind of, I like to see it. And I know that God is real, that God is there, that he is here, that he is everywhere. And I know that when I go outside and I look at the stars and I see the planets and sometimes I see one of them flying overhead, you know, because you know what they're doing? They're approaching um, uh, the airport in Chicago, right? And I hear those planes flying overhead. And, and you ever think about, because I live out and it's really quiet, except for when I hear a plane and I see that plane coming over and, I'm, and I hear all of a sudden it's backing off on the engine to slow down. And I know you can hear that where I am. And I go, that's not a star. That's not nearly as pretty as what God created. It's pretty amazing. It's not nearly as pretty as what God created. And I look at other stars and I see them and I, 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 I get out my phone and my app and I try to find out where the different planets are at. And yet I'm out there by myself. I'm not watching sheep. I'm not worrying about anybody else or anything else. And I can imagine these shepherds out there thinking about their sheep and trying to take care of them. And I imagine that there were several of them, two, three, four, I don't know how many. And one would stay awake for the first watch, one would second watch, one the third watch, one the fourth watch. And then during the day, they're all awake, and they all hopefully had enough sleep. But they're, they're, maybe there's a couple of them awake at the same time. And they're talking about what's going on. And they're looking at the stars. And I can kind of imagine their discussion about the glory of the stars. And even though they are not allowed to go to the temple... Even though they are looked at as unclean and untrustworthy and dishonest, they're out there looking at God's creation, taking care of some of God's creation, worshiping the one who created them. Now, I don't have 100% on this because I wasn't there with them, but I can kind of imagine that's what they were thinking. And they were thinking, we can't get in, but we know God too. And one night, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, an angel appeared to them. An angel appeared to them, stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were afraid. They were greatly afraid. And it doesn't just say, like, not a little bit afraid. They were greatly afraid. Because guess what? Angels didn't appear to shepherds. And the people who heard the story later on may have thought, they're just lying. That's a pretty cool story, but they're liars. We can't trust them. Because in their mind, and in the other people's mind, an angel would not appear to somebody as lowly as a shepherd. 
And I wonder about this a little bit. And I wonder when the chief priests heard this. I wonder what happened when the Sadducees and the scribes and the Pharisees heard this. And I wonder what happened when Herod heard about it. Because they're all way more important than these shepherds are. They are people that are looked at uh, as important in society. They're respected. The shepherds were not. And I can imagine how these people who were thought of as important in society would think, God, why not me? Are you serious, God? You sent the angel to tell about the birth of Messiah to the shepherds, those stinky shepherds? And I wonder sometimes if we don't sometimes have that attitude. I heard a story a long time ago when I first got here about somebody that told somebody else, I don't know why you pray, you can't even, you don't even know how. Somebody was praying out loud, and somebody told that person, I don't, I don't know who it was that told them, I don't even remember who was told. But I remember that that person told me, if I just quit praying out loud. And I'm thinking that that person that said that's one of these Pharisees. I don't know who it is. I, honestly, I don't even care. Because I'm telling you, if somebody is praying out loud, they're worshiping God. And if they're praying out loud in a group of people, they're putting themselves out there. Whether their prayer is accepted by you or me or anybody else, you mean it doesn't matter or not. Because they are praying to the God that loves them, their prayer is accepted. I remember some stories. Matthew chapter 22. Uh, there's uh, something that, that happened and that uh, Jesus told this parable. And he said, the kingdom of heaven is like a ki- certain king who arranged a marriage for his son and sent out his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding, and they were not willing to come. Again, he sent out other servants saying, tell those who were invited, see, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen, and my fatted cattle are killed, and all things are ready. Come to the wedding. But they made light of it and went their ways, one to his own farm and one to his business. And the rest seized his servants, treated them spitefully, and killed them. But when the king heard about it, he was furious, and he sent out his armies, destroyed those murderers, and burned up their city. And he said to the servants, the wedding is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. Therefore, go into the highways, and as many as you find, invite to the wedding. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all whom they found, both bad and good. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. And I wonder how many of those were shepherds and how many of those that had been invited at first would have been the scribes and the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the priests. And I wonder if they were looking down on those others that had not been invited. See, I got the wedding invitation and you didn't because guess what? I'm more important than you. King invited me to the wedding and you're not invited. And then I remember in Luke chapter 18, He also spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with with himself. Notice that, (laughs) with himself. God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And I know how to pray out loud for people who are impressed. And the tax collector, that's not in there, I just added that. And the tax collector, standing afar off, would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man, this tax collector, went down to his house justified, rather than the other, 
For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. And so I think it's just pretty amazing. And I think it's good news for you, and I think it's good news for me. Not that I'm saying you're like the shepherds, but kind of we are, aren't we? We're not like the kings. There's not a one of us here that has ruled a nation. There's not a one of us here that is a king or a, or, or a queen. Not a one of us. The only reason we are is because we're children of the king. But on our own, we're not like that. We're like the shepherds. We're like the ones who need to hear the good news and accept it. And we can be thankful that God reached out to these shepherds first before anybody else. Because it's a good sign for us because we're like them. And we need this good news too. You know what else? I think it's really cool. I think it's just really absolutely awesome that God appeared to the shepherds first. Because if the good news was for them, then the good news is for everybody. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, the shepherds, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. The angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. I, I just love that picture. I love that whole thing. Good news of great joy. One of the things that we notice here is that there's, it's kind of the same formula in, uh, whenever a, an angel appears. Kind of the same formula. Here you have the angel's appearance, right? And like you do in, in others, you have a response of fear. You have a word of reassurance, do not be afraid. You have a message that is given to them, okay? There is a born uh, this day in the city of David, a Savior, Christ the Lord. And then you have, you have uh, the giving of sign. You will find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger, just like the others, okay? Uh, all of them have some kind of a sign. All of them have some kind of that, but um, uh, uh, some of that same form. And this was to the, or to the shepherds. And I love the picture there because what we see is this good news of great joy. Anybody ever got, I mean, which would you rather get, right? Good news of great joy or bad news of great sorrow, right? Well, here's the thing. This good news of great joy was given to the shepherds so that they could make sure that other people heard it. The announcement had to be made. Somebody had to go out and tell it. And so they got this good tidings or good news of great joy. This good tidings, by the way, is the word that we get our word evangelism from. Okay? Good news, evangelism. And so this good news that the shepherds were told, they went about. Remember what it says? They made widely known the saying which is told them concerning this child. They shared the gospel. They shared the good news. You think about, the, and by the way, this word I think is used, um, I can't remember exactly how many times uh, in, in the Gospels. Most of the time it's, that it's used, it's in, um, it's in the book of Luke. Good news, Gospel, I bring you good news. It's um, 11 times in the Gospel and 10 of those are found in Luke. So one of the things that we see about Luke is he's focused on the Gospel. He's focused on the good news. He wants people to know that there was a Savior that was born. He wants people to know that there's a Savior that lived a perfect, sinless life. He wants people to know that there's a Savior that died so that our sins could be washed away. That's what this book of Luke is all about. And, he wants, and, and from beginning to end, that's what he's talking about. Jesus Christ, the Savior. Um, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Great joy. 
Um, you know, again, we want to hear good news. We don't want to hear bad news. Anybody ever had good news, great news, good tidings, uh, good news? I mean, I can imagine the, the, um, the first time you heard, Mom, that there was going to be a little one into your world. Good news of great joy. And I can imagine when Dad was told after the birth, baby's fine. It's a boy. It's a girl. And Mom's fine, too. Ah, oh man, can you imagine? Finally, the dad can sit down and relax, you know, like he was doing all the work, right? And so, uh, good news of great joy, but this is even better than that, because there's a baby born that, guess what, you don't have to take care of, but that's going to take care of you. Who's going to do what needs to be done so that we can have forgiveness of sins and eternal life? I, I love the picture here, and if you go back into Matthew, um, uh, where the angel appeared to Joseph, the angel said, he will bring forth a son and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. I just love that picture because here's that good news of great joy. For is born to you, oh, he will be to all people. Man, I love that picture. To all people. Now think about this. people or to all people i bring you good tidings of great joy which will be for all people or to all people however you want to say that it's for them there's not one person that has ever been born that ever will be born that this message is not for it is for them and and some, I, I remember when i was working uh I, a lot i was a lot younger it was 1979 to and and I was working in the circulation department for the Decatur Herald and Review. And if you've been there for a few weeks or a few months, your job is to train the new person that comes in. Because if you've been there for a few months, you better know the job well enough to train people. So I was training this young lady, and we were talking, um, because that's what you do. What, you, what our job was was to take newspapers to the carriers that didn't have enough. So if Route 4429 didn't have enough newspapers, we'd take them their newspapers so they could go out and deliver them instead of us delivering to all those people. So we were driving to these houses to deliver papers to the newspaper carriers. And, of course, we're talking, and we're talking about what's important to us. And as a, as a Christian, as one who knew that he was called to be a pastor, I'm talking about Jesus. And I'm trying to invite her to church, get her to come to church. And he said, oh, I tried that. She said, didn't work for me. And I'm thinking, didn't work for you? I don't even, and I didn't, I didn't hit it real hard, but I'm thinking, I don't even understand what you mean by that. Because if Christianity is supposed to work for you, in other words, what I think she meant was didn't make me happy, didn't give me peace of mind, didn't, um, didn't help me make more money, didn't help me live a better life and have, have a, a, a luxurious life, didn't work for me, so I gave up on it. Well, first of all, if it didn't work for you, then you didn't try Jesus. You tried religion. You tried church. But guess what? I don't know where she is now. I don't even remember her name. I see her face. But I don't remember her name. But the gospel is still for her. She didn't receive it. She didn't accept it as far as I know. But it's still for her. And you know what else? All those people that you know, your friends who have rejected the gospel, your family members who have rejected the gospel, your neighbors who have rejected the gospel, those who say, I don't even want to hear it, guess what? The gospel is still for them. Because that's what the scripture says. That we are I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to or for all people. 
of people. And so as we think about all of this, and as you think about family members and friends and neighbors that don't know the meaning of Christmas and don't know the Christ of Christmas, guess what? The gospel is still for them. They may not think it's for them, but it is for them. They need it. They need the gospel. They need the good news. They need to hear about this Jesus who is a Savior, who is Christ the Lord, that was born that night in Bethlehem. They need it, and guess what? We have it. And so because of that, it's our job, like it was the shepherds, to go and tell. Not just to invite them to come to church. That Some people think that's evangelism, but that's not evangelism. And some churches, it's really not good news, okay? Good news, evangelism, is telling them about Jesus. And we talked about it a little bit in Sunday school today. Your job is not to get them saved. Your job is to tell them about Jesus, that Jesus is the Savior, that he can forgive them of their sins. I, I love this whole picture here because I know that if it were up to my ability and my goodness and my sinlessness, which, by the way, there is nothing for that in me, I would not be saved. I love the fact that Jesus Christ died for me. And I don't mind putting myself in the same boat as all the other rotten stinkers that God died, Jesus died to save. Because if I wasn't in that boat with those people, then he wouldn't have died to save me. And I would have still been trying to save myself. And so this is good news, that there's a Savior that's going to be born. And like it said in Matthew, guess what? He was born to take away their sins, to save the people from their sins. I love that picture, too, because I, I, I think about those two, two scriptures. One of them says that, that God takes your sin and he throws it in the sea of forgetfulness. Remember the song we sang a few weeks ago? Uh, in, in a sea without bottom or without shore. That's where he casts your sin and my sin, and he remembers it no more. I love that picture because what Jesus did on the cross, when he died on that cross, he washed away all of our sin. And because he did that, God sees us as he sees Christ, forgiven and washed clean, and he doesn't ever hold us accountable for those sins again. I love that picture. Not only that, he takes our sin and he casts it as far as the east is from the west. Have you ever gone all the way around the world? Doesn't matter which direction, east or west. You never get to east from going west, do you? Have you ever gone around the world north and south? Guess what? You get to the North Pole because you've been going north. Guess what happens if you hit the North Pole? You're going to go south. All right? So your sin is cast as far away as the east is from the west because you can't get there from there. But north and south, you can. That's why it's like that. So he, he washed all of that sin away, all of that sin away. And so this good news is for all people, all people. And the person, the person that has quit coming to church, and we can list a bunch of reasons. And you can think about the reasons. And one of them might be they don't like the preaching. One of them maybe they don't like the pastor. They've quit coming to church because of him, because of the way he preaches, because of, of, of something that he said. They've quit coming to church. The gospel is still for them. And those who quit coming to church because they're just too busy, which I'll never understand. I mean, I understand not liking me, okay, because sometimes I'm hard to like. I get that. But because you're too busy, I don't get it. There's got to be a priority. And if, if 
if going to the zoo or going hunting or swimming or golfing is more of a priority than the God that created you and the God that sent his son for you, then there's a real problem in your life. And again, you've tried church and religion, but not Jesus. But the gospel is still for them. Those that can't get up that early, uh, I just uh, the only day I get to sleep in late. Guess what? I don't ever get to sleep in late. I got dogs. Maybe they don't like the music. I don't understand that either. I, I mean, I really don't understand it. I, I mean, I'll be honest with you. There's some of the music you sing that, no, I can't say that. Yeah, that I don't like. And it doesn't matter who's leading, okay? There, sometimes I just don't like the song. But I can almost guarantee you, you're not going to notice it from the way I'm worshiping. Okay? Because I'm not worshiping the song. I'm not worshiping the style. I'm worshiping the one about whom we're singing, okay? So I don't understand that either. And I do understand it again. Sometimes I don't like the preacher. I do, because I know me. But the gospel is still for them. For whatever reason, whatever excuse they give for not coming to church, the gospel is still for them. And so as you, as you celebrate the joy of Advent, as you celebrate the joy of the birth of this child, Jesus Christ, I challenge you throughout this Advent season, not just to focus on the gifts that you will give, but on the gift that was given and on the gift that others need to receive, Jesus Christ, and to share with them the good news that there was born that day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You'll find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. Y'all swaddle the baby. You know what that means. They swaddle the baby. Swallow. Swaddle, not swallow. Swaddle the baby so that their arms are stuck so they can't reach up and shake and, and scratch themselves. Swaddle the baby. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. Because the announcement had been made. And so it was when the angels had gone away with him into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. I love that. And they went with haste. They hurried. They didn't, they didn't lollygag. They didn't take their time. They didn't say, we've got to do all these things first. They went as quickly as they could. And you notice that's what happens a lot of times when an angel appears to somebody. They say, do this. Remember what Joseph did? He got up that night and went and took Mary to be his wife. Right then. Didn't waste any time. Went about doing what they told you about. And they went. And now when they had seen him, Jesus, they made widely known the saying which was told them. What was that saying? There is born unto you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. The Hebrew people were looking for the Savior. They were looking for one who was going to save them from their sins. They were looking for a Messiah. And so that's interesting that we have this word in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ. That's the word that in Hebrew would be Messiah. Okay? The Lord. Messiah, the Lord, a Savior. All those words together had great meaning for the meaning for the Hebrew people. And so when they shared that word and made it known to everybody they, they saw, it's no wonder that they marveled by what they were told by the shepherds. Mary didn't marvel. She had heard these things, and she pondered all the things in her heart. 
when the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen as it was told them. I can imagine they are dishonored. They are not well-liked. And yet God sent the shepherds to them. You know what? They're in the same boat we're in. We are sinners just like them. God sent his son for us so we can have eternal life. And we, because we have received his son, we can experience that joy. And we can do what the shepherds did and go tell so other people can receive Jesus, his son, also. Let's pray. Father, I thank you again for your word. I thank you for the gospel, the good news. Father, I pray that not only will we invite people to come to church, but we will tell them the reason it's important. Because there was born that day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord, who takes away, washes away their sin, gives them an eternal relationship with the Father through the sacrifice of Christ. In his name we pray.